need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Shittiest, grimiest, craziest, realist, rawest podcast. Recording live from Glendale. Atwater, bro. Atwater? Atwater Village. Atwater Village. I've never even heard of this. Most poppinest podcast. Most pop, dude. I want to say that I think, I don't know which one, I don't know if this episode or the Make Move episode is going to come out first, but last week, my homie sends me a screenshot, the one who, like, shout out to Daniel. He's the one that edits it. He's the one that, he's the one that actually brings us to life. I'm just the one that records it. He sends me a, he's telling me, he's like, yo, you got a thousand listens in a day. I'm like, no way. There's no way. Like, I mean, maybe you're like, you're, maybe I was like, maybe, and he sent me a screenshot. The first thing that comes in my head, I'm like, oh, this is like in a week span or in a, I was like, yo, I got a thousand and two listens in a day, in a fucking day. And I was like, and I was, and my people would be like, oh, you only got a thousand. I'm like, dude, this is recorded from a phone. This is me like busting it, training my, my beautiful girlfriend, taking me to the places and my homie who just edits it. You know what I mean? Like, this is not like some crazy, like, you know, people are listening like, this is like I've done this shit for a minute I've never gotten a cent and it's not because and I don't do this in a sense of like oh I want like one day for people to be like oh my god like you're so and so from laughing all dilator but it's just like it's just fun and most importantly I got my guest photographic memory what's up who the biggest reason I do this to shine the light on the fools who like don't have like who might not have the most popping IG or not fucking they're not the fools that everybody's talking about but this was crazy what's up yo yo you gotta get those ads so you can get some bread dude I, I, I'll, 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 I'll get in I'll get in there soon but um I'll do it. I don't know how that works but you could be I, out we might ads. actually if you're listening to us we, if you you probably listen to our room we might shove in it we might shove an anchor app ad so if you listen to this then you know I did it let's go this yeah. is sponsored by Cash App and Venmo yeah bitch <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah how you doing I'm doing good what'd you do today I had a writing session um, with this artist called Georgia Mack she plays in a band called Camp Cope and uh, yeah they left right after maybe five minutes before you guys pulled up so oh the good thing I didn't pull up at 6.30 I told him because oh. I was like, "Oh, he's gonna be late." He's gonna be late. <laughs> oh. let's, let's keep let's keep rocking. Oh, okay. But uh, yeah, no, just making a song. <clears throat> we were talking about this earlier, but pretty much seven days a week making tracks, producing, writing. So at the time of this episode, I have sixty episodes out. Yeah. Today, probably hundreds will release, and I have seventy-two episodes in total, seventy-three today, 
And you're the one of the craziest dudes I've ever met. Straight up. Wait, who? You. For real? Yeah. Damn. Because everybody, like, everybody has a persona. Everybody has, like, you know, not, not, not that it's a bad thing. Like, everybody, you know, has the things that make them you. But I was listening to your music, and I was like, okay, photographic memory. Like, and then I listened to the, your most popping song, um, Reincurring Dream. Like, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, like, you play a military gun. Like, the way you dress is, like, very, like... You know, 2022, you know what I mean? Like, you're like, you're up to date. And then I come here, I'm like, you're I'm 30. And I was like, what the fuck? And I was like, <laughs> and I was like, I'm married. I was like, what the fuck? I was like, like you're like a lot of things in one. Yeah. You're a yes. lot of things. I'll take it. I'm, I'm with that. No, no, it's just fucking just sick. And I'm like, but um, obviously, you being such like a lot of things, it comes from a very crazy place, I'm assuming. How'd you grow up? What was your upcoming upbringing? Upbringing rock, man. Um, I got an older brother. I got my folks. I'm still really close with my folks. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I just got into like the shit I'm into right now is the same shit I've been into for forever. Mm. Like since elementary school. Like I saw Blink-182 in like a magazine and on the radio or something. And I was just like, that's it. That's what I want to be. Like, I just want to be Blink-182. Mm. Which obviously then develops into something else. But yeah, yeah. when I'm in like second grade, that's what I see, you know? So I was just like, oh, Guitars are cool, skateboarding's cool, like riding on shit's cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that—that's always been it. It's never changed. So I don't know. Like you said, I'm I'm 30 now, which I still feel, you know, 16, 19. You look you look hella young. You look hella young. I was like, I, when you told me, I was like, yeah, I think we're like 22, like tops. I mean, like, and I was like, only because you're in a popping ass band. I was like, maybe you're 25. But I was like, oh, yeah, I'm but yeah. I think that's actually why the band is doing well right now because we've all been in other bands and yeah. we've done like this shit so many times over and over again, trying to make it pop. And like this one's just like working, you know? Yeah. For military gun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm still trying to get this photo mem shit off the <laughs> ground. <laughs> but um, so you only like saw Blink One Eight Two magazine, like no like family or close. I don't friend. remember where I saw him actually. I think it, it might have been like a Tower Records, like a CD pamphlet or something. And that's all it took for you to like get into all this shit. It was like skate. It was a mixture of a few things at, at once, but like I got skateboarding was like my my true first love. Like mm-hmm. I was like five years old. I got a brother who's like, six years older than me, so he put me onto like a lot of cool stuff like mm-hmm. early on. Um, but then we were like just the age apart. We're like we don't really kick it, you know? Mm-hmm. And then like he moved out, moved away, went different states. And then so I, you know, got my own crew, etc. But like, he put me on a skating, like, cause I was just a little kid and I was like, oh, I wanna go do what like my brother's doing, you know? And uh, because of skateboarding, seeing skate videos, playing Tony Hawk, all the, you know, you hear it in every podcast. So I'm gonna be like, oh, Tony Hawk. All the people you're rich, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but like, Tony Hawk didn't actually put me onto the music. It just like, I don't know. It was more so like the skate videos. It made you learn to like love something. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a lot of skate videos, um, and that's why it wasn't just. It's not just um, guitar music though either. Like I got really into hip hop like really early on, and I think that informed like the broad spectrum of music. Like right now, like I'm making pop music. Like, yeah. I like so many styles of music. I don't like ska, and I don't really care for reggae. I can appreciate reggae. You don't like ska? I hate ska. Is it because no. of like the scene? Yo, I straight up don't know. I just don't like it. Which is weird because I like so much other stuff, but I think it's okay to not like ska. I'm going to send you a band from TJ and you're, gonna, you're just going to change your mind. Don't. 
It's it's gonna change your mind. <laughs> it, it, it's uh, the Clash uh, Spanish Bombs okay. cover and Scott, but it's not like I just don't like the the trumpets and shit. You'll like it. It's it's like it's Scott, but it's not like oh this is Scott. Like it's not like it's like if I if I sh- if I send you a hardcore band and I send you like military, gun, it's like okay. it's adjacent. It's like you can still fuck with it, but it's not really. You know what I mean? Yeah. You'll, you'll fuck with it. I know some of my best friends like love Scott, and they say the same thing. They're just like. What like they can't believe it? But. I mean, like I fuck. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, we're talking like Mighty Mighty Boston's and like yeah, like uh, yeah, that's just sucks. Yeah, that's just like real, uh, like was that real big fish? Yeah, I can't stand. Yeah, it. like that's bad. Yeah, but I remember um, there was back in like twenty or like two thousand six, two thousand five, two thousand six. Chain Reaction had a store right next door to it. It was uh-huh. like the just like the building next to Chain Reaction was like a. It was called Off the Chain. And I think Chain ran it. Yeah. They had to, but it was like band tees, and then they did like a, they had like cereal and some random stuff. Cereal, but uh, yeah, they had like they would sell like cereal and snacks and like frustrated kids. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> but uh, but they had like just, like racks of t-shirts, and I swear it was all just real big fish. So it was like, I was Fools were like selling their shirts like Chain. No, that, oh. it just wasn't ever selling. It was oh just, yeah. All, every time I go, like you pull up the Chain, but you're early, you know. So then you like just go into the t-shirt store, but it's like all real big fish. So that's like that's all I think of when someone says real big fish is like oh that those damn shirts. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, because I think Mighty Mighty Boston's like recently like called it quits, right? Or was I, I couldn't tell you a thing about Scott straight up. Yeah, because yeah, but then a lot of people were like memeing and they're like oh thank God or it's like oh, your yeah. prayer was answered. I was like that's fucked up. Like for Ben, you know, like they were around for thirty years. Yeah. So that's like really fucked up. But here's the deal: I could I could appreciate anyone like any music because like I don't expect most people to like whatever the heck I'm doing right now yeah. you know I'm making like digicore and hyperpop yeah. so it's like that ain't for everybody that's for like a small percentage of people Yeah. so whoever's making ska like I guess that really is that that is the true punk shit then if you're just making whatever huh. that's true yeah but um but wait yeah, fuck it well, uh, I'm not even gonna follow timeline I usually follow timeline but um you're like why, why did you come up with the name photographic memory um I've never told I never really told no one but I'll tell you it's actually not that deep but I was watching and I got reminded of it on this flight I was on two nights ago yeah um, or two days ago I was on a flight coming back from the UK and I watched Goodwill Hunting mm-hmm. for the first time in like years but the last time I watched it was when I made the name photograph memory because the homegirl in the in the movie she asked Will he's like she's like you have photograph memory and then when she said that I was like photograph memory. it's just like uh. I was like okay cool I'm photograph memory now Cause you're also you're very like serious, like very serious guy, but you're like your music's very like like sensitive. Is that, is that a good way to put it? Yeah. Like very like like you know what I mean? Like it reminds you of like I don't know this how to. This is emo. Yeah, it's emo, yeah. but not like emo. Like you're not whining emo. More so like mm-hmm. like I'm happy emo. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I have like a. There's like a there's a lot of different like I I cross a few genres yeah. throughout especially throughout the years doing photographic memory because um, like a couple years ago I started doing it and I was making like kind of stuff in the vein of like Duster or like, mm. like kind of slowcore but like with emo influences in it and yeah. it was like it was like a guitar band like and I and I actually made a band for it and I played a handful of shows like as like a like a live band whereas now I play shows as like a it's like pop music, you know? Yeah. Like I have like a DJ auxiliary guy, a drummer, and then me. Yeah. And I have like a bunch of vocal effects and all that kind of stuff. But when I was doing that, like the guitar band, um, yeah, I don't know. It was just more organic, I guess. And the, but the, 
I don't even know what I'm saying. <laughs> no, but like, so like, if, what, what, like, what, what, like, what do you think is the purpose of photographic memory? Like, like, obviously, you know, for you to like, I have to do it for me. Yeah, uh, I'm making uh, music every single day, like, for other people, but also for me. Like, like I'm making other people's tracks, you know, writing, producing, doing that. Um, and then in my downtime, which is like my, you know, it's like, this is my hobby and my job. Yeah. And like doing photographic memory allows it to be my hobby at the same time. Yeah. Cause like sometimes you like work it, like you do the thing you love and it becomes your job and then it's not the thing you love anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's ever happened to you, but like it's happened to me. Like yeah. with skate, like I worked in skateboarding industry and like I worked for these brands and like as a kid I'm like oh that's, that's what I like that would be a good job for me you know? yeah that's exactly what I'm thinking right and, now yeah <laughs> and then when I got to do it it was an awesome job but I was like wait but this is a job this is a job hmm. at the end of the day it was a job like, it was whatever and I, and I really wanted to just do music but with this because I'm producing and writing with people every day photographic memory like allows me an outlet to be creative for myself yeah. and I just really enjoy doing it like I love it I love like I genuinely love the music I'm making yeah. and I also it's really collaborative I'm making music with my friends and with other artists that I like admire um, and doing all these collabs and I, I, I'm actually really excited to start dishing out more of them but I just put out a collab like a few weeks ago um, and I got another one coming up in a couple weeks and working with like different genres too like I've got collabs coming out with hyper pop artists like EDM artists, indie indie artists, rappers. Um, I'm doing a remix with Vane, right? Now. You know, like all these different genres. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. It's just for fun, I guess is the the mm-hmm. long answer. And like, like, like you think lyrics wise, you're like kind of like showing vulnerability. Not not in the sense oh, of yeah, yeah, like like well, like the like the song uh, reincarnating dream. Like what is like like how did like. Explain to me your process. Like, how did that song come about? Well, that song's interesting because that's part. That's a, that's the song "Dream Baby." That's yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah, so that's the newest song that just came out. Actually, I think a song comes out tonight that we're recording this. But that song "Dream Baby," let me back up a little bit. I'm putting out a record that's called "Dream Hack 222." Mm. That's two two two. Yeah. Because a Ranger number. Yeah. Sick. Yeah, Dream Hack 222. And in Dream Hack 222, I created this little universe where I have Photo Mem, which is just me. Which is like what any listener would be used to hearing from my music, which is just like, yeah, vulnerable, etc. Yeah. Um, and then I have this other character that's like my alter ego in the within the record called Dream Baby. Yeah. And Dream Baby is wild. Dream Baby talks shit. Dream Baby's like talking about like just crazy stuff. You know. Like about like uh, give an example. Like like I'm talking about like like fuck you. Like, like, yeah. Like like talk crazy I'll shoot you in the face like oh, I'm okay. saying like yeah. wild stuff but in this context of like pop music and like pitching up my vo- my vocals even higher and mm. crazy auto tune oh, okay. and like yeah I say I say like I got two babysitters no baby like things like that you know uh-huh. I'm just like saying like wild, <laughs> yeah, wild yeah, yeah. things you yeah. know that like would sound it probably does sound it is ridiculous but for me it's fun and it's like if I were to like make rap tracks or something and just come out I'm sure everyone would be like, oh, that's so corny, you know? Mm. But if I have this other ego while I'm doing it, that I'm also battling this ego, to me it feels less corny. It just feels like it's what I want to do. Like, yeah. And I make so much of that kind of music for other people, I'm like, let me get in there, let me do it. It's, yeah. it's fun. Like, making music is so fun. Um, I just happen to be, like, sharing it now, you know? Yeah. But within the record, 
there's photo mem and there's dream baby and it's like i'm battling the two you know like which i think is actually a representation of real life where it's like there are times like if i get real mad like in the past like i've gotten myself into trouble where mm -hmm. it's like i did beat that dude up you know and i had to battle that and then learn from it and then now i'm like well i just have this little alter ego thing i can play with in my music and kind of channel some of that craziness yeah um i don't know if that makes any sense right yeah exactly but, what you're saying but yeah damn but um and uh damn i'm sorry like it's crazy the more like I'm hoping my plan I was just talking about this with actually with the artist I was working with today is the plan is to put out just a stupid amount of music and hopefully people who dig it can start to like see the lore behind the whole thing mm. and see and, and pick up these things not just from like me doing a podcast or something but yeah. like really like picking apart some of the lyrics because I am like very intentional with the lyrics some of it is like and you can tell like the photo mem side of things is like how you said you mentioned it's vulnerable it's it's this and that but then the other stuff that might seem more um like i'm playing a game that stuff's also intentional too even if i hit a one take on the vocal and i'm just talking shit like it's still intentional because it's part of the the universe i'm doing if that makes sense uh, no just <laughs> no i mean like i like that you're like that you're like very confident of like saying that like you're like this yeah. is what it is you know because I mean? a lot of people i think are very like they don't want to say what it is you know I mean it kind of mm -hmm. sounds crazy but it's like i like that but um it's kind of funny though because so marika my girl she's always asking me it's just kind of like a game she'll be like yeah. oh, what's that song about like what are you what are you doing yeah um and i don't want to talk about it in that setting because it is like sometimes when you're feeling something or if if i'm pulling something from the past that's like painful um, yeah. um it's not easy to communicate sometimes but in a song or like working through writing lyrics recording the vocals like that process right there not only is it like therapeutic cathartic etc but it's like yeah it kind of just like takes a, an emotion that's hard to explain and you just it just is what it is yeah and like i don't it's not that i'm like oh i don't want to explain this to you because you and i are close it's more so like yo if you want to know like i don't even really know you guys mm -hmm. just listen to it and, yeah. and figure it out you know mm. I like that about um, I, I don't know who I was who I was hearing talk about their songs, but someone, some artist I looked up to. This is years ago. I wish I could remember it, but they said something like they were in an interview and they're like, "What's that song about?" And they're like, "I I, I can't say anymore. I already said it on the song. Like it's up to you. You gotta figure it out." So I'm kind of with that school. Yeah. You know. Damn. So, but for those who are listening, before this, you're like you take your way back here and beat down back. Yeah. So how how let's let's take it back. Alright. How'd you how'd you start playing in beatdown bands? How was your scene? What'd you play? How many bands were you in? What bands were you in? Where any bands popping? Yeah. Um yes and no. All the, um okay, so basically the true lineage of everything is that when I when I got into music, um or when I discovered hardcore and like punk and like aggressive music um basically in like junior high is when i figured that stuff out and that's when i started like i went to my first show when i was in junior high and uh yeah i was in seventh grade and then by the time i got to high school i was like dying to meet anybody who would just play music with me because mm. like no one was trying to play music no one wanted to be in a band and if they did want to be in a band they definitely didn't want to be in a hardcore band mm. or like anything heavy um and at that time i had no interest in anything except for like 
aggressive music and uh or like to play um because making pop music didn't sound um attainable at, at that age mm-hmm. then now i know mad kids are like got fl studio and are just <laughs> bumping out tracks putting them on soundcloud but anyway um when i was 15 i started playing in like just like a heavy hardcore band like with like some of my friends and then in that that band we played a couple shows and then but it was nothing and then the drummer of that band his older brother had a friend named Shay and Shay had just got out of jail and was like yo I'm trying to start a band so they're a little older than me Um, they were like probably 21 and I'm 15. 15 and they were like oh let's get Max like Max plays guitar like Max can play guitar bass whatever like let's get him in the band so I started playing with them and I knew them just through uh, my friend Justin who was in the band I was in at the time and as soon as the older dudes wanted to play music with me I was like well they're serious like they're trying to like travel play shows do that I was like let's go you know and uh, so they would like pick me up from school because I didn't drive they'd pick me up from school we'd go to band practice whatever and we started this band which was my band all through high school and it was called No Reprieve and in hindsight you know I'm 30 now I was 15 then like it's not good it's just straight up not good mm. but at the time locally it was popping mm. like we were like we had a little moment it was cool we didn't know what the hell we were doing though so we didn't like know how to get to that next step and but as far as beatdown goes like we definitely had the recipe and like mm. we were playing all the shows so that was cool what was a van call? no reprieve no reprieve no. yeah no reprieve and uh, but it's definitely like it did not age well mm. like Lyrically, it really didn't age well. What are you guys talking about? They're just saying some crazy shit. Beat down shit. Yeah, beat down shit. But like, I mean, in like a lot of it was like, like we had a song called Boneheads that was like talking about like Nazi punks that like just like basically killing them, like just like just wild like yeah. wild stuff like that. But the language being used is not PC today. <laughs> yeah, that's all I gotta say. Yeah. You know what I mean? But uh, wait, can you find it out there? Yeah, yeah, you could find it for sure. It was uh, it was on MySpace Music at the time, yeah. and then we like we press CDs. Um, so somewhere out there, I'll find it. Yeah, I'm sure you could, you could like go on YouTube and find <laughs> it, but it's it's not good. You don't want to hear it. Um, but we did we did record our final thing with Paul Miner, which was cool. Huh. He did like Terror and like he's done a bunch of stuff. Yeah, when did you guys talk with just time right now? Or honestly, it was like crew stuff. Oh, like dudes in crew. Everyone in that band except for me was in a crew, and like the crews were turning into different crews and it was just it was just nonsense drama that was happening and uh it just kind of disbanded and then i was like by that time um was probably 2012 um i got asked to play in this pop punk band and my whole thing was like because i didn't go to college or nothing i was just like i want to tour i want to be on tour so bad that's all i want to do and this band uh it was called second to last they let me rewind a little bit. Around that time in high school, um, I befriended that pop punk band story so far, and I was like probably one of like ten people in the crowd at their like, like you know, LA shows, and uh, <clears throat> we just like became friends. And then at the time that they were coming up, they had another local band called Second to Last that was like the band they would play with all the time mm-hmm. when they play locally, and so. Um, a, a, it was either Parker or Will, I can't remember, but two of the guys in the story so far were like, yo, Max, uh, this band's second class, like, they need a guitar player, like, do you want to play? 
And I was like, yo, I'm just trying to tour, so yeah. And then so I didn't know these dudes at all, but I just like hopped in the van and did like a US tour with them. But it was really cool because when we got to New York, we met up with like dudes who I'm still friends with to this day. Like Harry Corrigan plays in Regulate, mm. um, in No Pressure. Mm. Um, Chris Regan, like Kevin Burke, like all the like Long Island and like the New York dudes yeah, yeah. of that time. Like we just met at that time. And you know, we're all like 20 years old probably. And, uh, or 19. Yeah, mm. it's probably 19. And, uh, but you know, we're still friends to this day. I don't talk to that band. Um, I just did that tour and that was that pretty much that was it mm. but like the dudes I met on that tour like are my boys you know yeah so that was cool and then after that you, you join any other band or were you in any yeah, other yeah I started like- I, I definitely so even in that time of like doing the beatdown bands I like would fill in for other bands too and like we would like do tours and I'd like I'd fill in for like we we toured with like Scare Tactic and Hammer Fist um, we play shows with like Hoods and Furious mm. Styles and uh, but we we did some like more legacy act stuff too. Like, we played like a Blood for Blood show. Mm. Um, we played Municipal Waste, Agnostic Front. Damn! So you did, um, you are like a hardcore hardcore kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is funny because when I was like fort like just getting into high school, um, we would go to Showcase Theater and Chain Reaction. Those are like the two spots. Yeah. And then Showcase Theater closed down, but um, Chain Reaction, I just. All I cared about was like going to shows. It didn't matter who was playing. It was like, oh, I want to meet up with the homies and we're going to just like mosh. Mm-hmm. Which sounds so silly, but when you're 14, 15, yeah. you're like, that's all you want to do, you know? And so we go to deathcore shows. We'd see like Suicide Silence, like bands like that. It didn't matter who was playing. Yeah. And like, and so, and I'm having a great time. So I'm, I like all these bands, you know? Like, I liked the deathcore stuff. I liked the more hardcore stuff. I liked the pop punk. I like it all, you know? So, but so I'm pulling up to all that. Um, yeah, and then was it conflicting even back then? Because I know I've heard Brian tell me like, well, even now it's like, sure, it's more acceptable to like like everything, but no, it was t- I would get clowned all day. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, all yeah. day. Yeah, I would get clowned on for like, cause like I said, I was like around like older crew dudes, mm-hmm. and oh, that's Marika. Hey, Marika. Oh. <laughs> What's up? Oh, you're on the phone? We're doing a little podcast. <laughs> um, uh, but were the crowds even more segregated? Like, let's say it was like a whole different crowd at Fun totally. Punk. Um, yeah, we would do like, even for like our band, like being like a beatdown band, we'd play with other beatdown bands. But if there was like a local, like metalcore band on the show, like, they weren't like kicking it with us you know what I mean mm-hmm. it was like totally which I, like some of that kind of still exists to this day with like hardcore hardcore but it's very open you know yeah the, no, it's yeah, very no, you safe see, yeah. not only just to like like what you like and be open about it yeah. but to dress how you want yeah. and not get clowned um, I've always been like doing my thing and except in getting clowned for it mm-hmm. um, like ever, I'm, you know we're talking high school mm-hmm. but uh after that I feel like no one everyone stopped caring but if mm. like back then everyone had a look and if I didn't fit that look it was yeah. like oh you know that's that's gay or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's how it was said back yeah. then um, but yeah I don't know even playing the shows like definitely like the deathcore bands like they just they got no respect Yeah, in the hardcore yeah, scene, yeah, which yeah. I think is still probably 
the same. But. Yeah, I mean, they're seen as like the richer, like even though they're not literally like rich, they're like the you know the 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 what do you call it, the snobby old like the snobby older cousin. You know what I mean? Mm. But um, but yeah. So so you you started touring, you started filling in, and from from when you were twenty yeah. to like twenty five, you that's where all you were doing. You never um, got like well at that same time i was like working a bajillion different jobs because yeah. i was like working odd jobs and then just like just working as much as i could yeah. to like be able to play in bands save up like, money go on tour go on tour um and then i like started playing in this indie band like we started this band called row summit and Rose uh summit. it's still technically a band our singer just moved to ireland and like he's a tattoo artist and like, yeah I don't, he's doing his thing so it's like on big hiatus but like Honestly, that band kicks ass. Like, really? Yeah, the band rocks. You guys were around for a minute? We were around for like 2013 to 2017 or 18. Okay. And, uh, yeah. And I was like really serious about that band. Um, it's like an indie rock band. Yeah, and you guys, you guys are like big, you guys went on tours and everything? No, that's the big ass downfall about it is we never toured. We like, we're like killing it locally. Like, mm. we, like we sell out like, like we play to like hundreds of people every time we play like we'd throw our own shows and it'd be like yeah we, you guys are the pop and that yeah like pop our, our first show I don't I don't want to misquote it but it was like seriously somewhere around like 500 people at our first gig that we threw like an outdoor DIY show and like there was just like a energy and like a like the songs like streaming were popping um, cause that's like when Spotify like kind of first started like mm. at least for me like I got aware of it um, you know we got put on playlists and things like that but like locally, like you know, we'd play like a packed like the Echo or something like that, mm. like fully like sold out. Um, but yeah, we didn't go on tour, which is you have to go on tour if you want to be a band, yeah. you know. And and at the time, did you uh, did you pro- like how do your producing started happening? You're like like that like writing music. Like did that start later on or? I was always writing with every band I was in, um, and then. I played in this this uh, this band called Bastard Cry for a little bit, which was like me and some of the homies. Bastard Cry. Bastard Cry. Or was it like TV? It was like, on, it was very influenced by like, Trapped Under Ice, Stay Cold. Hmm. Okay. And this is like right when that came out. Okay. It was around that time. Yeah. And uh, like it had like this, like I I, w- I want to be like cool and reference like the things that are like that influenced Stay Cold but yeah. like straight up it was just Stay Cold was our was our influence yeah like it wasn't it wasn't Crown of Thorns like I didn't even know what that was at the time yet uh, um, but that's kind of like what we were doing and when we were doing Bastard Cry um, we didn't have any money to record and like all the people in that band had their other bands that we were putting our money in to record mm-hmm. like it was like uh, Joe and Jake from Hammerfist and mm-hmm. uh, I think Jake plays in Donnybrook now I don't know I haven't seen this dude in a while but uh Anyway, it was like yeah. them, this dude Tyler, this dude Nick. So we all had like our, our other bands that we were like, if we were saving up money to record, it was for those bands. Mm. So Master Cry had no budget and it was like, just like a kind of an idea. And I was like, oh, well, I'm gonna get garage band. Like I'm gonna like learn that mm. and like demo. And so we were demoing stuff. And then uh, that just like kind of sparked my interest. And I remember there was one time that I went to record with no reprieve on something and the, the engineer producer dude he was like, I don't even remember his name, but he was like shooting down ideas and be like, you guys can't do it like that. You can't do that because of this. And I remember being so confused by that. Like, what do you mean I can't do it? Like, that's how the song goes. Like, oh, what do you mean that's not, that's not, doesn't make sense. 
And when that happened, I was like, I just got, I got to learn how to do this mm-hmm. so I can at least have the like, knowledge. the knowledge and the tools to be like, no, this is what I'm trying to, to do, you know? And by learning that and even just like garage band at the time, um, I was just like, oh, I can start recording myself. At least it doesn't sound good, but I can like get ideas across and, and show you like, this is what I'm trying to do. And then that just like sparked my interest and like, I'm pretty nerd with it. So I just like became obsessed and started learning everything about production and engineering and different types of gear and how to get things to sound a certain way. And and I would just record anyone who wanted to get recorded, so. And how long ago was this? That started- You started to like take it like- I started taking it like, oh, I think this is something I wanna do, like for real, in like 2013. So you were like 20... I'm 30 now, so whatever that is. 20... I straight up don't know. 22? Sure. Damn. (laughs) 2013, I know that for a fact. So you've been doing this for like nine years? Yeah, something like that. Nine years, and how, until when do do you think it took off? Like the way it, like... Um, well, I just got... I just been faking it the whole time. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And, like, I'll tell you some cool stories, actually, about, like, you know, they always say, like, fake it till you make it. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm straight up just faking it. And I'm getting, like, crazy gigs because of faking it. And I don't mean lying. I don't mean, like, oh, I did that. It's, like, like t- accepting jobs that I have no business accepting. Mm. And the best example of that is, well, actually, before I say that, I got put on by, like, the dude, this guy Lars Stalfers, who's, like, in my opinion, the best mixer out right now. Mm-hmm. Um, he's mixing like the craziest records, and uh, he's doing like Dorian Electra, Soccer Mommy, Health, like just mm. really cool stuff. And uh, I worked for him for a handful of years, um, like up until like recently. And now we work together on things where like all when you work for him, you mean like assist or like? Yeah, I was like the like studio, like basically anything from like cleaning the toilets, which I did every day to like mix prepping his sessions, um, being his engineer while he's producing so-and-so. Um, did, did you get paid for that or was it like it's a to a, like a tad to a print? A print a- I would get paid for certain things. Like if I need to like edit vocals for somebody, like I would get paid like a day rate for that. And he was like, honestly, Lars is the coolest. Like he's he's taught me almost everything I know. So it was like kind of like a tattoo apprenticeship. Yeah, it was like that in a sense that I got free access to like, I had a room at that studio. Like um, up until like the the pandemic happened and yeah. I went and got did my own thing, um, but like it was basically a big trade and like I basically got thrown into that opportunity just by referrals because I was working on so much stuff at the time and then basically someone was just like you got to meet Lars like he's looking for somebody like you who's like trying to come up and is just down to work every day and the first day I pulled up. Um, Lil Peep had just passed away like maybe a couple months before this yeah. and he was working on the Lil Peep record and so Smoke who is like one of the producer like main producer on the this specific Peep record he had all these like unfinished Peep songs and they were in Logic and I used to work in Logic um, at this time like, so for years I was in Logic and I didn't know Pro Tools at all and these are just like the um, softwares for mm. recording there's like a bunch of them and they're all good. But at the time I was working in Logic and Lars worked in Pro Tools. And so on my first day, he was like, 
which I thought I was gonna be like shadowing or like kind of whatever. It was just like, oh, Max, like you work in Logic, right? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, can you get all these little peep sessions and like clean them up and do whatever and like get them over Pro Tools? And I'm like, yeah. And for me, I'm like, that's the that's like the coolest thing I could possibly be doing. So like things like that, where it's like, I didn't have any real business being there, mm-hmm. but like somehow just through. It's like I don't know, but I'll do it. Yeah, yeah and I and I did I did oh, know yeah, the yeah. skill on that one. I have a really funny story about not knowing a skill, um, which I'll tell you. But like that one is like stuff like that that just like good things just kept happening, yeah. and I just kept showing up. Like I just kept like putting in the hours, working like crazy hours. Up until the pandemic happened, I was like working crazy hours. And then to answer your question, when you say like, when did you feel like you started like popping with it? Which I, I don't think I'll ever feel like I'm, I'm popping. Mm. I think that's like the the thing about yeah. whatever's going on in my head. It's just like, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? But I, um, when, when the pandemic happened, I kind of rebranded and I was like, what is my strength? Like what's, I, I've learned all these tools. I've got all these contacts. I've been like working on people's records. I've been engineering and I've been producing whatever. But like writing songs is my favorite thing to do. And so much of the time I'm, I'm writing with the artists, but I'm not being like, I'm not marketing myself as a writer. Um, this is a couple years ago, but uh-huh. pre-pandemic, I wasn't being like, oh, I'm photographic memory of the writer. It was more so like, I'm photographic memory of the producer. And when the pandemic happened, I just had like time to th- kind of think about it. I'm like, how do I skyrocket this? And I basically was just like, oh, I'm a writer now. Like I just started saying it. And that's when I think things shifted because then I got put in like way more cool like studio sessions and like with like really like just artists I really want to be working with and not just as the the guy who's hired like for the day but more so like oh you're you're like a key component of creating this thing you know so that's when things switched yeah holy shit yeah I'm so fucking like I'm learning so much but um Damn. Yo, dog, I gotta tell you the story though. About oh, yeah, yeah, go, go, yeah, check go this out. So, um, I'm, I pull up to the studio one day, and it was a day that I didn't have much to do. It was just kind of like clean and like whatever. Yeah. And I get a call from a buddy who's like, "Hey, um, this artist really needs you to, or, or needs an engineer. Their engineer fell through." And I was like, "Oh, sign me up. Let's go." Because like stuff like that happens all the time in LA. Mm. And I was like, "Sign me up." And they're like, all right, you're down? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, who is it? And they're like, it's Warren G. I'm like, Warren G? I'm like, regulated? I'm like, let's <laughs> go. And, uh, which is just like, you know, just something like I could like tell my parents about. You yeah. Know? Like they'll, they'll be like, oh, Warren G, cool. Or like, at least my dad would. My, dad, <laughs> my dad's with it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I'm like, I, I get a call from like Warren G's manager. And he's like, yeah, yeah. So you're good to go like today. Um, like, you know Pro Tools, right? And I did not know Pro Tools. I knew Logic. And I was just like, hell yeah, I know Pro Tools, let's go. And uh, so I say yes to the gig, which I had no business doing because I did not know Pro Tools and they needed me to know Pro Tools. And they're like, do you want us to send you a driver or you got a whip? I was like, I'll, I'm, I got a car, I'll, I'll come up. And his studio is out in Corona. So from LA to Corona, I was just watching YouTube videos on like how to Pro Tools. Oh Knowing I'm about to go into the session having zero idea what I'm doing in Pro Tools. I have like a basic understanding because yeah, yeah, yeah. it's, it's not that much different. It's just like, it just looks different. Yeah. And I don't know where anything is. But I get there and 
I only need to, oh my yeah I pull up and it's actually then the story's a little different but that's the that part right there is the like just faking it and, and did then, you like did you do good and everything I did a fine I did an okay job because I didn't have to do much because huh. but that the day was crazy I pull up at like 2pm and Warren G's out front of his studio he has like a barbecuing business which I found out that day mm. he's like he like smokes meats mm. and like pulls up to like picnics or whatever and uh or I don't, I don't know what he, where he goes but he's got like a whole thing it has like a sign and everything yeah. and he's out there like cooking all this meat and I'm like yo what's up I'm the engineer for the day whatever he's like oh yeah go inside just chill I was like cool I have no idea who we're working with what we're working on am I doing Warren G is it Warren G producing for someone else yeah like, which it ended up being but um I get there and his studio is like just like so many records to be sampled and like all this cool stuff and also the most weed I've ever seen in my life like straight up just like I might as well have been at like a dispensary like there was so much weed there and uh, I sit down at the desk and he has got like the basketball game on and it's like there's like a big TV right above the studio desk yeah. and he's just like coming in and out from like cooking to like he's like barbecuing out, out front and then he's watching the game and I'm asking him like hey so like what's this route to like can we get this set up like what are we working on today and he's all like yo chill like, don't worry about it like we'll get there and I'm just like I'm stressing because I have no idea like like I said I'm like I need to like get on and I, I'm asking him too I'm like you don't, you don't got logic on here by chance do you and he's like what no like we'll use pro tools I was like okay cool cool I was just checking <laughs> and uh and then basically I'm sitting there and this is 2pm from 2 to like 7 o'clock we didn't touch music so were, you, were you doing just sitting down waiting dude I'm just chilling there barely talking to this man because he was like really quiet he's just like he cooked all this meat and put it in this like these trays and I'm what's oh. going through my head I'm stressing straight yeah. up because I'm like yo I don't eat meat and I don't smoke weed you're vegan yeah and this dude I'm like this dude's gonna think I'm uh, like I am whack I'm like I couldn't be <laughs> I've never felt more whack than in Warren G studio and uh Cause I'm like I'm gonna have to tell him like yo man I'm not gonna eat your meat no I can smoke your weed like <laughs> and, I, and by the way I don't know Pro Tools <laughs> so uh, so I'm I'm like kind of stressing I'm like thinking of like how do I get out of this how do I get out of this? and I and like he, then I find out too like oh there's a bunch of people showing up to the session like uh-huh. which is most rap sessions it's like artists plus ten people like uh-huh. you can pretty much guarantee that that's that's how it's gonna be but what was crazy about that one. Is. And sure enough, too, I, I keep asking him, like, every couple hours, I'd be like, hey, so where, like, what are the headphones routed to? Or what's, like, where's this? Like, just so I know. And he would, every time, be like, oh, don't worry about it. Like, it's okay. Like, it's, it's all it's all good. And I'd be like, okay. And I'm still just stressing. Then the artist gets there. And it's this dude, G. Perico. And, uh, I know, yeah, I know G. Perico. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. So, since then, I've worked with G a couple times. Like, or a, hand, a handful. We've done a handful of songs. Um... Because we had a good relationship after that day, yeah. and and went on to make some songs, but uh, I had no idea who G Perico was this day, and you know he's you know he's like a crip and all all yeah. his crip buddies. I've been cool around him, yeah. Yeah, yes, he's a big personality, yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, and I'm out in Corona by myself, and uh, it's Warren G, and he's got his like old heads that come through. I don't know who these dudes are, but they're all just sharing like prison stories and gang stories, and they're the older generation Crips, and Jeep Rico's like the younger yeah. generation, and it's like Jeep Rico and his his buddies, um, and like I said, I'm still just like 
damn, well now I'm, there's a bunch of meat, a bunch of weed, I don't know Pro Tools, and I'm in a room full of all these Crips. And there's guns being waved around, like just like, not like in a bad way, but just yeah. kind of like being like, oh, check this out. Like, like just the vibe in there was like pretty sketchy. You know what I mean? And, uh, and all I can think about is how the session's gonna go bad, because I, I, I don't know where the headphones are routed to. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and I'm like the odd one out. So, sure enough, Deep Rico's like, like, or Warren G's like shuffling through beats, being like, what, uh, like, you know, that's what pretty much every producer does. Yeah, yeah. Rappers, like, you like this one, you like this one, whatever. And then as soon as they like it, it's like, cool, get in the booth. Like, let's, let's start it. So that happened. He's shuffling through beats for forever. Deep Rico's like, let me get on that right now. And it was cool because it was like all like G-Funk stuff too. Like he's still doing that. But uh, G-Brigo gets in the booth and he's like, yo, why the headphones sound weird? Like I can't get, like, can you get more of this? And I I didn't know what to do because like I had been asking for hours like how these headphones work and then whatever. So that kind of went south. But then we got it working. It was all good. And I didn't have to turn down the meat or the weed because I was so busy like working that it just never came up. So it was all good. Yeah. But then after the session, uh, we got it. We got it all working. But I was just stressing the whole time, and I was just faking it. But uh, afterwards, Jupiter goes like, "Yo, we should like let's do more." And then we did. So. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> yeah. And I had no business working with Jupiter. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, like. Yeah. yeah. That stuff happened. Some of the and Jupiter have a connection. Yeah, I that's guess all, so. That's, that's, yeah. Yeah. It, oh my god. But working with Jeep Rico, then then I use that as a credit where I'm like, yeah. you know, management says like, oh, he's worked on this. And so, and then I work with Xavier Wolf or whoever, you know, because it's like, oh, well, this is Jeep Rico's dude. Like, let me work. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just like dominoes. Wow. But it all starts because of like just saying yes to gigs. Yeah. And like, I know so many people who do that though. Like, and tell me they do that. Like, yeah. It's like, yeah, you just say yes and then you learn it as you go. Yeah. You know? Wow. I worked construction for a little bit, and this uh, contractor dude I was working with, he would do the same thing. He'd, like, take jobs and, like, be figuring it out as he's doing it. And then, and then, so COVID hits, and you're, like, and you stop being in the studio, and then you come here and do it here, full time. Yeah, and now I bounce around studios, like, every day, or I do stuff at this spot. Wow. Yeah. And then, how does military going to come up? Military Gun came up because, like, a couple weeks right before the lockdown happened, Photographic Memory, Modern Color, and a band called Woolworm from Canada, we all played a show together in Long Beach. Mm. And Ian um, from Military Gun, um, he was playing in Woolworm. He was, like, filling in on drums. Mm. And so we were all just kicking it. And, like, I had known Vince and the Modern Color guys. Um, and you didn't know Ian? I knew Ian because I was working on some Angel Dust tracks mm. with Justice at my studio. And he brought Ian through one time, and so like. But I, you guys were in like friends. No, no, we weren't tight at all. Like oh. I just knew him. I was like, oh, this is Justice Boy, okay. and uh, and uh, like we had met, you know, and we like maybe kept up online. Like I, I was seeing, I was following. I, I was like a fan of Regional Justice Center. After mm. that, like I met him, I was like, then I became aware of Regional Justice Center, and then uh, um, yeah, then we played that show, and I was like, oh, what's up, bro? I didn't know you were playing in this band. And he's like, oh yeah, I'm just filling in, and then we were all chilling. And uh, and I knew Vince from Modern Color because um, I played in a band called Souvenirs for a couple of years, and uh, it's like an emo band. Mm. Are you guys pop? Because I'm familiar. Um, the Souvenirs had been a band long before I joined. Okay, then, and, that makes uh, sense. And they were like, 
I mean, yeah, souvenirs is like, like, uh, it's kind of inactive at the moment. Yeah, but, but it sounds familiar for sure. I've definitely heard it. Yeah, uh, yeah, souvenirs tour. Like even the tours I did was with like Basement Citizen. Mm-hmm. Um, we did like Castle. Okay, Academy. yeah, yeah, I know. Like, we were like, yeah. we were doing some cool stuff. And before I was involved, um, I was just a fan, and. They were they would do tours of like Story So Far. I think they did a riding out tour. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, all kinds. Of, yeah, that man's awesome. But, so you have um, a huge resume. But yeah, you were saying. But yeah, um, so I knew I knew Vince from that because Vince filled in on drums on a tour we did um, on a on a basement tour, and then uh, Vince rocks. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like straight up like one of the best drummers. Yeah. And uh, so we we played that show and we were all kicking it. And then the lockdown happened, like, really shortly after that. Like, it should have been, like, a week or two weeks after it. I don't totally remember, but yeah. it was, like, really fresh. And when the lockdown happened, Ian's told the story a couple times about how he created Military Gun. But long story short, he um, was making a regional justice center record. And then, like, lockdown happened. And then he was just kind of, like, stuck. And then he decided to make Military Gun uh, the demo. Mm. So he made that all by himself. And then put it out, and it was like, as it was like being put out, he was like, "Oh, I want to jam this like with people," and he just assembled the crew. And I remember I just hit him up because like I saw him at the practice space that we have, and uh, and I was just like, "Yo, I want to come jam. What's up?" And we were all had just seen each other, so it just made sense. And uh, yeah, we just started jamming every week. Um, we we meet up like probably two sometimes three times a week during because it was like nothing to do too. Yeah. and uh, we would just meet up at the practice space and like play songs and Ian would like write majority of the songs and then just kind of show them to us and we'd all jam put our little spin on it a little bit if if that sometimes just play it as is and uh, then we went and recorded a, a record so that's how that started damn yeah and then it just started working too yeah like Military Gun's like so fun Oh yeah, military, well, it's exce- yeah, it's, it's it's also the right band at the right time. Yeah, I think so. Because like you look at all like Koyo, uh, Anxious, like they're like hardcore Jason bands that mm-hmm. has the hardcore fan base yeah. there. Like it's there. Like if you know military, military gun plays like like you know the high desert. Yeah, I'm gonna show up regardless. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like. But then you also like. It's crazy that you were at that show. We were talking about that before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I remember you like uh, like uh, I remember me. And you were like the ones that were digging fever uh, fever dog. That's like, crazy. We should adapt up or something. No, I, I remember sick. seeing you, but I was like, I don't know why. I was like, well, because also like I mean like I feel like I've come, like not that I just podcast like I've like it's like oh everybody's just person, but at the time I was like yo military guy like oh my god it's fucking Ian Ian from oh, like then it's like yeah. that mindset, but but yeah. oh, I love I love that mindset because that like. You, you lose some of that when you start meeting all your like yeah. heroes you know and then you realize like either someone's just a normal person which is the best you can hope for yeah. or you're like oh that person's mad shitty or like yeah. or whatever which that sucks like no like what makes you feel good is when like damn like you kind of have like your own like really fucked up like problems you know what I mean that yeah. you overcame and now you're like in this crazy huge band yeah. you know what I mean but wow that's crazy you were at that gig and that band did rock yeah shout out to uh, Peter Doc that was sick yeah homeboy was playing the, the Flying V we were talking about earlier yeah did like 20 minute solos so sick it reminded me like like not even glam because they dressed like glam but it reminded me like more 70s like yeah like totally. pre like pre when glam hit yeah. it's like peak like alice cooperish like yeah but i'm about to shout out that man shout out to brad shout out to high desert for sure shout out alice cooper too in the, the wayne's world yeah oh yeah wayne's world too is alice cooper slow yeah last time i saw he was doing some like uh 
like the voice type talk show How are like, or like TV show uh, he was like a judge on some one of those things huh okay yeah but um damn. okay so n- now that you are you're you have a crazy resume craziest resume I've heard for sure in this podcast what 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 do you like? What are your spikers? I think the first thing when when I came in this room, the one of the first thing you said is like you thought you'd be popping by the time you were thirty, which you are, mm-hmm. but you feel like you're not, right? Yeah. What do you what do you think is like your like the like all right like maybe you'll find some sort of peace, like well, some sort not peace but like not completely peace but some sort of like all right, if I do this, I might probably made it. I'll say this because I don't think I'll ever feel that way because. Not even a like, tiny bit? Not even, like, a little, like... Well, I, I have, like, a new... Check this out. So, I produced the last Cold War Kids record, and, and one of the songs is, like, popping on the radio. Yeah. And for the longest time, I was, like, a big goal of mine was, like, I want a song on the radio. Like, I want that so bad. And then it happened, and I was, like, oh, nothing's different. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, like... It's all in your head. Yeah, yeah. And it was, like, a cool, like, bucket list thing. But it wasn't, like, oh, let's go, like, celebrate or whatever. Like, there's been, like, cool little, like, like things along the way. But I think because I'm caught up in whatever I'm doing and just, like, literally just the things that excite me the most are, like, creating every single day. So, and making stuff. So then when these these small accomplishments happen, like, oh, you know, um, Billboard in Times Square. Um, like, that happened for a, a single that I did. Mm. And it's, like okay cool or like such and such band like like this band Julie that I produced like they got 14 million streams on the side like that's like a like a, a milestone for me on like a an indie band you know or like not like a whatever um and so like these like little accomplishments are like nice and they're cool or even with like photograph memory like I just got put on my first like editorial playlists on Spotify mm. which is something I've wanted and st- I still want like I want that to happen I want it to grow but like for the longest time, I was like, "Oh no, I gotta get on those playlists." Like then I'll be, yeah. then I'll be popping. And then it happens. I'm like, "Yeah, ain't nothing different." Just some some dude behind a desk just said, "All right, yeah, sure," you know, <laughs> and put it on. Like there's nothing special about it. But the first time that something felt like um, really real was actually a couple weeks ago at Sound and Fury. No, Turkey. Yeah, did you go to that? Yeah, I was there, but I was working it. Oh damn! Yeah, where, where, where were you working? The photo booth. Oh, I was in the back, like okay. and, uh, you know, there's a back Aldo. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Because yeah, 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 the first or second day. The first day, but I'm yeah. both days. Yeah. So I I worked the first day. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So I couldn't. I uh, the only man I couldn't see. Yeah. I only I couldn't see no man that day. But but, um, but that was a moment where I was like, oh, I, like when we got when when I was told that we were gonna play Santa Fury, I was like, yo, quit playing. You know what uh-huh. I mean? Like, qu- like, and I, yeah, I was just like, quit playing. Like, that's crazy. Like, yeah. I, like. That's a that's a real dream for me. Like, just to play Sound and Fury. Just just watching so many of them and being like, damn, I want to I want to do that so bad. That's like that looks so cool to like. I don't know. Just look. It's just so cool. Um, and then when it happened, like when we were playing, like that was like one of the first times where mid set I was like, oh, this is so cool. Like I could like, like we could stop playing to like after today and I'd be cool. Like mm. that that was it. Like that felt really special so I'm sure and I have more dreams and like more like bucket list things I want to accomplish with music um but 
that was like honestly like the coolest one so far mm. was just like which to some people probably meant nothing it's just like oh yeah we should play another show you know yeah. but yeah. for me I'm like yeah I've wanted to do that for so long and that happened along the way with like even playing like with like souvenirs like we play a certain show like at a theater that I'm like in my head I imagined doing this like as a kid like just like playing to like, what theater like, was it? what looks like a sea of people it was like Fox Theater mm. or something and it's like, oh, this is... You and Metallica play that theater, you know? It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But there's been, even like, I remember uh, when I was in junior high, I had that As I Lay Dying DVD. Yeah. I was like watching them play like Wacken Festival mm. and just seeing them play to like a sea of people. Yeah. And like, I've still never done nothing like that. But like a few months ago, we played Outbreak Fest with Military Gun. Oh. And like, that was one of the funnest days ever, like watching all our homies, like bands kill it. And that, even though it wasn't like a sea of people like that, yeah. there was still so many people there that like I couldn't count you know what I mean it's yeah. like I think we played I don't even know what we played to but no, yeah, well, there, yeah. there's thousands of people yeah, yeah. There, you know what I mean and so for like something like that I'm like yo this is crazy you know but I hope that answered your question no what I don't think it'll no that shit's yeah damn damn yeah but it's also it's crazy cause you know you play to like it was actually really funny this happened I played a military gun show uh, we, we did like the ceremony um, homesick yeah. shows and we played up in the bay and that was another one it was like Gulch's last bay show Yeah, and we played that and that was like a crazy same thing like so many people so many people going crazy show was so lit and then like two weeks later I did a show um, I played like some like emo rap show which I've never done before like, you like, photographing memory I played a photographic memory show but I didn't play with a band I just like had my, my homie DJ my homie P-Bell he, um, he DJed for me and we didn't promote it or nothing on our end because I just figured like, oh, I'll pull up. Like I posted the flyer once, like the night before on yeah. like an Instagram story. But I was like, all oh, these fools do this all the time. Like they just have a bunch of people come play and like it's a built-in audience. Like I'll, I'll pull up, you know. And I get there and there's like straight up like 15 people, and which I was still hyped on. Oh yeah. Afterwards, I was like, yo, 15 people there got to see what was up. Yeah. But I don't even want to say it was humbling, but it's just like. Yo, like, I got just as geeked on doing that show, like, while it was happening, yeah. as, like, playing to, you know, a mad, mad amount of people. So, I don't know. No, yeah, that's... Wow. Wow, that's so fucking dude. This is probably one of my favorite episodes by far. Hell yeah. But, um, I think we're gonna wrap this up. Yeah, I've been talking way too much. No, no, I, I just want, like... <laughs> I like it's like like I've learned it's like you could you could release the two hours of you know the best yeah. audio of interviewing in, on mankind, but it's like people are only gonna listen to like an hour. Do your thing. Yeah, Let's run I mean? it back again in a couple months or like a like a year or two. Yeah. Let's do it. Then you'd be like, oh yeah, a military gonna play the fucking wagon. Oh, wagon. I hope. I, hope. I mean, the Amity Affliction played wagon. Really? Yeah. So you guys yeah. can definitely can. I I mean, because that's like a metal fest, right? Yeah. I actually don't know too much about that fest, um, but Reading and Leeds, those are like... Rock and Ring? Is that another one? You guys could definitely do that. You never heard of Rock and Ring? No. Dude, Rock and Ring has the most like... Yeah. You, you, you probably... You know, you, uh, what's that other one? Uh, I don't know too many of like the current ones. I just know like some famous like. No, ro- I've Rock and Ring, you'll, you'll you'll definitely know it. Bro, like, like Rage at Pink Pop. You watch that video? Oh, so classic. Pearl Jam at Pink Pop. Oh my, yeah, so good. Lollapalooza. Yeah. All right, before we do this or that, wrap this up. Yeah. Anthony, you want to talk shit? Anthony, you want to say fuck you too? 
anything you want to show love to. But saying fuck you gets the people talking nationally. Well, there's zero love for the police. That's facts. Everyone knows that. I think, I'm sure everyone listening to this podcast knows zero love for the police. Um, government, all that. And anyone who's getting in the way. If you're in the way, just get... I got no love for you. You know hmm. what I mean? That's a, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. All right, let's do this or that. We'll wrap this up. Ready? Yeah. Oh, is this like... Uh, uh, I got to yeah. answer like immediately type, yeah, yeah, type yeah. thing? Death threat or hate breed? Say that again? Death threat or hate breed? Death threat. Easy. Coke or... Coke or orange soda? Coke. McDonald's or Taco Bell? Taco Bell. Taco Bell? More vegan options. Oh, yeah. But the mixed yeah, plant yeah. goes crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um... Rob Zombie or Faith No More? Not super my lane, but I'm going to go with Rob Zombie um, just because of the broad spectrum of stuff he does. Okay. Cold as life or bulldoze? Cold as life. Rat or poison? Also not my lane. But I'm going to go with rat because I like the rat distortion pedal. I know I got nothing to do with it, <laughs> but the rat distortion pedal is the, like, most goaded distortion ever. All right, all right. Limp Bizkit or corn? Okay, well, here's the deal. Song-wise, corn. But Limp Bizkit just took us out, and I love those guys. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That oh, was crazy. Dude. Yeah, dude, what the fuck? Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, we just did those arena shows. Fred came on stage with us. It was, it was wild. Damn. We went on stage. Yeah, it was, it was so cool. Oh, my God. So I got to say Limp Bizkit for the love, but... Music wise and like growing up, corn easy. Wow, Walmart or Target? Target. I don't want to butcher the name. This is so fun. I never done something like uh, this. Uh, I don't want to butcher them. So I'm not gonna do. Uh, no, go ahead. Captain said uh, that 2006 man, Captain Shrunk. Chunk, sunk. You know what I'm talking about? No. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, Captain Chunk, no chunk. Yeah, there you go. Or no, that shit sucks. <laughs> oh, okay, never mind. Never mind. I was like, I was gonna say that uh, that band, uh, Duck Duck, some shit. Yeah. I, uh, uh, um, Motley Crue or Guns N' Roses? Uh, Motley Crue. Death or obituary? Obituary. Crowbar. I actually just did a huge obituary uh, listen through on this last tour. Really? Yeah. You just listen to only obituary? No, I was like, I for whatever reason I went like uh, I did Dying Fetus like every album, yeah. uh, obituary, and then I was doing like the most recent Cannibal Corpse. Hmm. Yeah. Paradise Lost or Monomarth? I straight up don't know what either of those are. You never heard of Monomarth, dude? When oh. when I leave, check out a Monomarth. They're Viking metal. They're oh. play, they play sold out shows Yeah When it's like a ship On the stage well, and, they, and they dress like Vikings And this one has like a horn On his mic Sold out shows In America and Europe That's insane Yeah And before we finish Wrap this up uh, I'm trying to think I like this Because this feels like Those games You know What's that one that Where you put the oh, yeah, 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 forehead yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Green Day Or Blink Blink but I love Green Day too. But Blink is Blink's everything to me. Right. Was they're they're ruining it right now. Oh yeah, yeah. But they'll they'll figure it out. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's it. All right. Thank you, thank you, everybody, for for listening. Mac. Photographic memory. Photographic memory. I could go on forever. Like, dude, your resume is crazy.